Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It is 2.39. It is Friday. Yay. And it's Anna DeVlantis in for Lisa. Money, you just heard the music roll into us here. We are going to be talking about your money this Friday. And a very important person is here with me, Matt Kaufman. He may say that he's not important, but he's smart for sure. And he's with Calamos Investments. He's the head of ETFs. And we're going to get into what ETFs are first. But uh, Matt, thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is excellent. You know, I, um, I want to get your observations because you walk through WGN Studios for the first time, right, today? This was my first time here. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you just said some things that I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. It's the kind of stuff that I... I've, I just take for granted walking through here in this beautiful building with this gorgeous sure. Skyline Studios and our view of the lake and this fabulous city. And you, what did you tell me? You told me something really cool. You know, we were walking through the hallway and I noticed these very old black and white photos that went through the history of WGN Radio I saw one of the earliest photos was from 1922, and it kind of sparked a memory of the first mutual fund was issued in 1924. Huh. And then we thought about the history of that and the innovation, not only that has taken place at this radio station, but in the financial markets. And so looking at the exchange-traded fund, which is a wrapper structure we're going to talk about today, you know that wrapper itself has benefited from over 100 years of innovation from the time the mutual fund was incepted to the time that people are using ETFs today in their lives, the ability to actually buy a product through their smartphone, through their computer and their brokerage account, through one ticker symbol to get access to multiple asset classes is, is something that you know, really couldn't have done in 1924, and you mm-hmm. couldn't have thought of it, but you move forward 100 years, and here we are. Here we are, and here we are with $7 trillion expected to flow into this type of asset class ETFs, as Matt is talking about, from Calamos Investments. In the next 10 years, that's what we're expecting to see. Tell me, just before we get into it a little more, why, why is that flow of money going in that direction? Yeah, the ETF wrapper has evolved um, since... Yeah, it really was incepted to keep going with our history lesson around 1987 on the heels of the stock market crash. The Securities Exchange Commission was looking for a way to really manage risk in the stock market. And so um, there were a couple of guys who came up with this idea of being able to manage risk in the stock market through a basket process that essentially evolved into what was now known as the Exchange Traded Fund. So that was uh, born in 1993 through the evolution of the S&P 500 ETF, which allows you to get exposure to 500 stocks, the 500 largest stocks in the market. And you can own that in one single trade. That ticker symbol is SPY. That came out in 1993. You fast forward to today, um, I think in terms of innovation, what I think the the inceptors of that product, you know, thought that it would work for then, you know, the the evolution has evolved so much. And so now there's over 3,000 ETFs in the marketplace you can access stocks, bonds, commodities, risk management strategies, retirement strategies. You can access and express your view just about any way you can think of 
through an ETF. And so there's a lot of ways to do that today. Is that really happening? I mean, we hear about some of these social impact funds. And I know at Calamos, you had something where you teamed up with Giannis Antetokounmpo about um, something to, to affect the world in a very positive way. And there are there's this new asset class that is becoming very popular, speaking of where money is flowing in the markets. That's right. Yeah, we launched our first ETF in February through the Calamos Sustainable Equities ETF. Um, ticker symbol on that is SROI. Um, and that was focused on uh, sustainable investing. We partnered with Giannis on that product. He's very committed to uh, advancing sustainability investing and financial literacy in the surrounding communities. So that ETF is going very well. Uh, we're about to launch our second ETF that's uh, really focused on one of Calamos's main core strategies, which is convertible bond investing. Um, mm-hmm. So we expect that product to launch within the next few days. So very excited about that. But Overall, we've seen that ETF space really grow tremendously asset-wise um, from you know, zero, zero in assets in 1993 to roughly $10 trillion are invested through the ETF wrapper around the world. And that's expected to grow even further. Um, as you said earlier, I can see you know, roughly $7 trillion more dollars moving into the ETF space over the years as people start to use the ETF wrapper for active management in, the, in that structure. We're going to get to more with Matt Kaufman of Calamos Investments. He's the head of ETFs um, in a moment. But first, let's go over to Mary and take a look at the roads this Friday and also your weather. She wants a man with lots of money. Two forty-seven this Friday afternoon on WGN. Anna Devlantis in for Lisa today. Our guest in studio is Matt Kaufman. He's with Calamos Investments. He is the head of exchange traded funds, ETFs as they're known. And Matt's going to help us understand a little more about them. We have a, a, a text from our uh, text line here. WGN listener asks, you know, Matt, what is the difference between ETFs and mutual funds? And that's an important point because I don't know that it's that clear to all of us. Yeah, definitely. That's a fantastic question, important point to to think through. Um, It it boils down to three factors, liquidity, transparency, and tax efficiency. From a a liquidity perspective, an ETF is very similar to an open-end fund in that you're getting access to a basket of stocks or bonds or other assets. The difference is you can buy and sell that ETF on the exchange every day that the market is open. So you have a 15 second price every day for that um, ETF. From a transparency perspective, mutual funds tend to not reveal their holdings on a daily basis. ETFs do reveal their holdings on a daily basis. So some people might want products that uh, portfolio managers don't want to reveal their secret sauce, You know how they're gaining an edge in the market, which is fine, and that works in mutual funds. For ETFs, a lot of those investors, you know, want to use ETFs as tools, and so they want to see exactly what's in it, what are the holdings in the ETF, and so transparency is a big differentiator. And then tax efficiency, um, for the most part, a lot of ETFs have the ability to grow tax-deferred which means you do not pay tax on those ETFs until you exit your position or until you sell that. And so those are three big differences. Um, so, Anna, that's the technical definition. But Love it. The way that I like to think about it, too, is – is cake. You know, like, so <laughs> cake? I, I yeah. like cake. Let's hear this analogy. <laughs> so what's your favorite type of cake? Oh, triple chocolate cake, for okay. sure. Like triple fudgy, chocolate yeah, cake. Rich, okay. yes. So it sounds like we're going to build a concentrated portfolio that consists of a lot of chocolate. So I like this. I'm really I, engaged in this. Yeah, here we go. Let's so you, go. you and I are going to go to the store. We're going to buy a lot of chocolate, chocolate chips, cocoa powder, flour, mm. eggs, milk, the whole nine yards. Yum. We're going to put all of those things in our basket. We'll go home. We're going to bake this cake. So 
I view an ETF as the cake. But then what do you do with that? Like you slice it I up. eat it, Matt. Yeah, that's what it, I do. Eat it. Hopefully not the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But we slice Some it days, up. Yes. And then we'll give slices to you know every person that, that is in the room. And so think of that as an exchange traded fund. You know, as the as the baker, Calamos is going to build this exchange traded fund that's comprised of a lot of stocks and bonds and different things which seek to accomplish an objective. We'll put that fund on the exchange, you know, New York Stock Exchange or SIBO or NASDAQ. And then investors can go and buy a slice of that ETF. They can hmm. go buy a share of that ETF for, you know, as little as $25. And so it's a great way to democratize access of hmm. investing. I like the way you put that. So if I'm buying gold ETF, is that how is that diversified? I don't understand that. So the gold ETF would be a very focused exposure to the price of gold. And so you can buy an, a share of an ETF that invests in gold. Uh, there's a few ways to access you know, gold. For example, you can buy ETF that buys gold directly, that holds gold bars. Um, you can buy an ETF that Essentially, let's say buys the picks and the shovels, you know, the gold miners or the or the companies who are tied to gold. So there's a lot of different ways you can express your views and use ETFs as tools inside your portfolio. I like what you said about transparency of ETFs that you can tell day to day exactly what you have, what you own, and that's that's comforting sometimes. I mean, these are shaky economic times. Let's face it, and so knowing that is a good thing. Are there other reasons why so much money is flowing in? Other positives you look at in terms of this particular type of thing? Sure. Um, um, yeah, without diving into technicalities, the Securities and Exchange Commission really leveled the playing field for issuers of ETFs. In 1993, it was not easy to get um, exemptive relief, is what it was called, or permission to launch ETFs. Those rules have since uh, changed and become a lot easier for um, companies like Calamos or other large asset managers to bring products to the market. The rules have been, um, I'd say, flatlined, and so. Calamos is in the ETF space today. We're bringing actively managed ETFs to the market in a way that makes sense for a lot of investors and financial advisors. Very cool. You know, I should mention that Matt Kaufman is not only a, a, a brilliant uh, financial guy over at Calamos Investments, he's also a very patient guy because I know that about you because I found out you have seven children. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is true. You have seven children. <laughs> I we mean, do. and you look so uh, like relaxed and like you you don't look stressed, man. I don't know what's oh, going on. Go. How do you do I, this? Uh, I have a very uh, patient wife, and uh, <laughs> she does a fantastic <laughs> job. She lets me come and do shows like this, uh-huh. and, uh, <laughs> and you do and well. We make it work. Um, what are the ages of your children? Our oldest is fifteen. Um, just, he's just getting into investing now, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, cool he owns that? ETFs and. Then we have three girls after that, 11, 10, 9. We have two boys, 8 and 6, and they're probably together harder than the other five, but Mm -hmm. they're a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And then we have a two-year-old girl. Boy, I wonder, I mean, how do you teach good money sense at your house? Is there, are there certain things you do as a dad to make yeah, sure that sure, they're sure. figuring it out? Yeah, we, we kind of have a three-bucket category. We've got a give, a save, and a spend bucket. Uh-huh. So that's what we try to teach at our house. Um, you know, my son's 15. He owns ETFs. And so he, like we were talking about... Having, <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Having exposure. We get to talk about companies he likes, which right now is, you know, Nike, aerospace, airplanes, and rocket ships and stuff like that. And so, which is great. You know, he can 
put $50 into an aerospace ETF and he's he's invested financially and he's invested with his brain, which I think is great. It's interesting because I wonder if a 15-year-old's um, mar- bucket of um, assets would actually be the way to go right now because they're sort of <laughs> ahead of the curve. They like video games. They like AI. They like Nike. Nike did very well today. I saw that. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. If you think about the future, maybe a 15-year-old knows a, knows a thing or two. I For mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Might not be a bad way to go. I wanted to ask you too, Matt. Like, you know, we were talking about chat GBT and like GPT. Um, and I've, like, you see, I can't even get the name right. Um, and I know that so many of us are reluctant to to adopt it, but it feels as if if you're going to remain in the workforce, you probably, you know, at some point or other, we will be forced to figure this out. It just is going to be part of our life and the genie's out of the bottle. So I ask you, do you use it at all? Um, either your work, you know, or for your in your life, your daily yeah, sure. life? Um, I use it occasionally. I'd say it seems to be swift at getting answers to questions. Um, the thing that I'm not a big fan of is a lot of the data cuts off at 2021. Mm. And so if you want answers that are current, you have to make sure that you, I kind of back that up with a Google search to make sure what I'm getting is accurate. Um, from a creative perspective, I've found success there and kind of sparking my brain to come up with ideas. Um, from a product development perspective, you know, not just in the financial space, but you can ask chat GPT to, you know, put in a bunch of words into the system. Here's our strategy. Here are the things we're looking at. Can you come up with a, a word that mashes all this together in a way that maybe I've never thought of before? Um, and you usually get a good list of words. You know, seven of them may not be good, but one of them is like, oh, that's cool. Let's build on that. Something to work with. I know I find that's that right. too when I get writer's block or something like that. I just throw what I was thinking into it. And then sometimes uh, you'd be surprised. It comes up with some ideas at least that get your, your, your ideas flowing right. um, or your brain going again. Um, what else should we know about ETFs? And, and are there any, um, I mean, it's such a tough time. I was just looking at the major indexes for the month of September, and we do in fact close out the month of September today. Uh, markets close. We've got NASDAQ, S&P, and Dow all down for the month. September, notoriously a bad month for stocks. Not I, Would you call it terrible this month or sort of overall? What would you say? Yeah, I, I tend to encourage people not to look at the market on such a short-term basis, mm-hmm. um, especially if they have long-term financial goals, whether you're 15 years old and accumulating assets you know, until you retire or if you're nearing retirement and entering into that decumulation phase. Um, we tend to look at things with a, a little different lens. You know, from an inflationary perspective, we're coming off the swiftest and you know, possibly most severe interest rate hikes that we've ever seen. Right. And so, you know, most homeowners are well aware of that. We had you know, rates that were below 3%, and now I think I just saw the 30-year uh, fixed rate was over 7%, So, which historically is a much more you know, kind of normal environment. But over the last 12 years, it's been you know, people are used to zero rates. So from an exchange-traded fund perspective, a lot of the products that were built over the last decade were built for that type of environment. And so going forward, you know, I would encourage investors to look at products that may be built and positioned for the next 10 years as we enter a more normal environment. And then I think the last point regarding inflation is one of the ways to, to beat inflation is to be invested in the market. You know, inflation tends to flow positively through equity markets. Like, let's go back to our cake example. If the price of flour and eggs and milk goes up, you know, that the price of those goods ultimately flows through to the to the cake maker and flows through to the share price of, of that product, which flows through well to the person invested in those products. And mm-hmm. so while I think a lot of people get nervous about inflation, you know, being in the market through those times, while it may be choppy in the middle, ultimately over time you'll end up in a better spot. 
Wise advice from Matt Kaufman at Calamos Investments. He's head of ETFs. And uh, hopefully you're having some fun with your wife and your seven children this weekend. How do you, you guys move as a pack? Like, how, where, how do you, do you even have a car? Big, how does this work? This We drive a <laughs> Nissan NV, not to make a commercial. I don't think they make them anymore, but it fits okay. 12 people and uh, it works for our family. I love it. <laughs> well, have fun this weekend and enjoy the gorgeous weather. Thanks for all the insights for us. Appreciate it. That's Matt Kaufman with uh, Calamos. It's time for the news at the top of the hour from the Northwestern Madison Newsroom. Chicago, Chicago.